Welcome back to Home on the RNG. Did you ever know that you're my hero? You're everything that I would like to be. I can fly higher than the eagles. Cause you are the wind beneath my wings. I think the biggest loss between going from video to audio for these is that people cannot see the faces I make when you do stuff like that. Yeah. It's how I warm up. You should know this by now. Could you could you warm up before the mics are hot? <laughs> is that a is that an option? Is that a thing that we can do? This is how they have blooper reels. So, we played an amazing game. Oh, we're just leaving that in. Sorry, we played a game. Oh yeah, we're leaving that in. <laughs> You did it in the middle of the episode. <laughs> this is the second episode we're recording in a row. You should have already been warmed up. Okay. We're leaving that in. They're going to hear you singing to them. So we played a game We today. played a game. Yes, we did. Uh, we played Breath of Fire 2 for the Super Nintendo. We did. Uh, if you remember, our Breath of Fire 1 review was not kind. No. Uh, that game was not good. And did not deserve kindness. Breath of Fire 1, to me, felt like some good ideas that were not executed well. It, it, had, it had a good heart, maybe. Yeah. And then it died. <laughs> so, but, you know, it, with practice, making new games with practice, maybe the development team learns from their mistakes of past games. And they get better. Maybe. We'll see. We'll find out yeah. together. So, Russ, let's start with your personal history with Breath of Fire 2. 2, yeah. So in this episode, we're kind of continuing a trend from last episode in that I, strangely, don't have as much personal history with this game, but it is a bit of an interesting story, depending on what your definition of an interesting story is. Um, the reason I don't have a lot of personal history with Breath of Fire 2 is because apparently it was a limited release when it first came out. It came out near the end of the Super Nintendo life cycle in the United States, and it was a bit of a limited release. So by the time I got enough money saving my allowance to go to Funko Land, and purchase my copy of Breath of Fire 2, it was no longer available or being printed. So I had Breath of Fire 1, and then I did not play Breath of Fire 2 until, I think, Wii Virtual Console? Something like that? So, yeah, I, I, I don't have, much like Grandia last episode, I don't have as much personal history with this game. Well... I have basically no personal history with this game. I did try to play through it, I want to say, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, and I did not finish it. Because this is not the first time I have been on this, hey, let's play all the JRPGs. But now that I have to document them and record episodes and do them alongside Russ, I'm, I'm held more accountable. So I actually finish what I start now. That's a good, that's a good thing to do. I, yeah, that's I a feel an actual need to play the games. <laughs> fresh. Anyway. Uh, you know, every 25 years. So, uh, 
I have even less information about this game, though. Uh, it was developed and published by Capcom in 1994. That's it. I mean, it was a sequel to Breath of Fire 1. So we're going to go ahead and move into story and characters. physical version and I don't have sheets of paper around to make that nice popping sound. No, stop. That's too small. Leave the notepad alone. <laughs> so, 500 years after the first game, a young boy goes to sleep in the shadow of a dragon. When he awakes, he finds himself in a world where nobody remembers him, and he can't find his father or sister. So together with his friend, who's a dog person, he sets off to discover what happened to the world. I would like to be friends with a dog person. I mean... Bao is a pretty good guy. My best friend is already a dog. Or at least one of my best friends. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I feel attacked on multiple levels. Because either I'm the dog or I'm not. Excuse and either me, way, I lose. But best friend is a tear. Thank you very much. Now you're just going to attack <laughs> me with my own logic. Wow. <laughs> Don't you agree? Shutting this project down. Would it not be amazing to be friends with a dog person? Can you only imagine? Playing fetch would be fun. Wouldn't it be fun? Wouldn't everything be better if you were best friends with a dog person? This game has a lot of religious imagery. It does. Like, a lot, a lot. And a lot of references to God and yes, demons. right. On the Super Nintendo. Right. I think by the time this game came out, they just weren't uh, editing those scripts anymore. <laughs> I guess. The Nintendo seal of approval just gets stamped on anything. Because besides all the religious imagery, it is also maybe the worst translation of, a, of an RPG oh, yeah. on the system. There's a lot of typos in this game. Very, very bad translation. Um there it well we'll get into it later but it's a very very bad translation on the super nintendo so our main character is named ryu ryu sure and he's a dragon person he's a dragon person mm -hmm. and one of the other characters is named nina and she's a winged person yes this is 500 years after the original right so i'm guessing there's just a whole bunch of ryus and ninas running around because you know legendary heroes i guess right well, it's the same concept as The Legend of Zelda. Well, here's the thing that really bugs me about this 500 years thing. So it's 500 years later. Sure. Same world. There is the option to encounter three characters from the first game. True, yes. You can recruit Blue. Right. Who was the snake lady from the first game. She yes. can join your party. She's mystical. Fine. No, she's a she's goddess. I mean, fine. she's not going to age. She's alive 500 years. Two of the others are the hunter types from the first game mm -hmm. who were just living in a cabin on an island in the middle of the ocean 500 years later. Yeah. They're just hanging out. Sure. So where are the rest of the characters <laughs> from the first game? Why is there another right? How long do people live in this world? Well, they're different races. Maybe the hunter race is just a very long-lived people. As opposed to dragons? <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> I just... We don't know the rules of all all the rules of this fantasy world. Why do I have to save the world if the first Ryu should still be around? Sure. Why can't he save the world and I just find my dad? You don't think saving the world once and then maybe getting to kick your feet up a little is now, a good thing? <laughs> he got to kick them up for 500 <laughs> okay. years. Right. He's got the experience. Anyway, 
So, did you want to talk some about the characters? I do, I do. I like the characters in this game. What I like in, I guess, all Breath of Fire games, regardless of the quality of anything else in them, is the diverse and unique cast, because this is a world that, again, has a dragon person, has a dog person, has a winged person, has fish people, has a Medusa lady, frog um, people, frog people, cat, cat people. people. So I do find the characters very interesting. The armadillo people kind of freaked me out, but armadillos freak me out a little bit. Um, so, But they are there, sure. Um, I do like the characters, and I like the... I like the the recurring Ryu and Nina. Um, it is interesting, in especially game. since the third and fourth game. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. Do not take place in the same universe or world. Oh, they don't. I actually didn't know. I actually don't know. This, this. is the only one that takes place in the same world. Okay. Set five hundred years later. After that, it's more like Final Fantasy, mm. where it's like thematically similar, but distinct and separate world like okay. don't worry about anything that came before new story sure but still with the dragon dude named Ryu and I guess still with a flyer named Nina I haven't played three or four Ryu and Nina are in all of them okay so so your first real quest in this game as an adult is to find out what happened to somebody's pet pig when you finally find the pig yes it has wandered all the way to the southern continent <laughs> you're on the northern continent it crossed a mountain range. Yeah. And was in the process of getting eaten by a homeless person. Yeah, correct. That's your first quest. Right. Find this pig. I mean, you have to start somewhere. I want to play the game of that pig. That pig had a <laughs> hell of an adventure. <laughs> he traveled halfway across the world, crossed a mountain, and then almost got eaten by a homeless person. Yeah. This game plays around with the idea of a, a person with black wings for a while. Mm -hmm. Eventually, uh, it... Nina has black wings, but right. that's not the person. It turns out to be the first time you're looking. It turns out to be a Batwoman right. named Patty. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say, if they ever remade this game, you know Patty would be playable. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I was expecting Patty to be playable the whole time. I, yeah, because yeah. she keeps popping up in the story. Yeah. Rand, the armadillo guy, mm -hmm. uh, his mother is very abusive, verbally abusive, mm -hmm. probably physically abusive. And there is a moment spoilers in the story where she sacrifices her life for him and it's actually pretty emotional like yeah. it actually worked despite the poor translation right i felt something for this armadillo lady <laughs> <laughs> but i will say in terms of story this game does sort of repeat the big one of the biggest sins mm -hmm. from the first right before the final dungeons the breaks are applied to the plot while you right. search the world for patty the Bat Lady. Yeah. This is the third time in the game that you have to hunt down and find Patty the Bat Lady. Her entire... She is the Carmen Sandiego of this world. <laughs> that is a good... That and is I an don't apt know why, comparison. Is this an ongoing thing with this series where before the final dungeon, quick, something stupid that takes a lot of time. <laughs> they needed to make these games long so that you could uh, continue your enjoyment. You didn't continue your enjoyment searching for Patty. No, I wanted to finish the game. Yeah. I agree. Although, we haven't even talked about who's my favorite character in this. Oh, who's that? Cat. Oh, Cat, yeah. Cat is cat good. Cat the Cat Lady. She's, cat the Cat. She's a lot of fun. She is fun. She's got that fun, spunky personality. She does. Uh, did you have anything else in story or characters that you wanted to talk about? No, I, I like I said before, I, I like the characters. I like the um, I like when a game has all, the, all kinds of different humanoid races. And the mystery of 
why does nobody remember him and where's his dad? Right. Where's his sister? Yeah. That that the story's real good, actually. Yeah. I liked the story a lot. I don't want you to take from me saying it repeated the sin of the first. This game's better than the first one. Yes. I'm just gonna say it now. It's not Grandia. I mean, it's not a game I might ever go back and play again. Sure. But it is not on my list of games I will never touch again. Sure. Uh, it is an improvement. And I'll go ahead and mention here that there is a uh, ROM hack with a better translation out there. That might if make that's, a difference. If that's something you're seeking out, that's what I played going into this review. It does make the game even better and kinds of explains some things that aren't clear in that other a terrible, terrible translation. Under innovations, I actually have a note for surprising number of typos. Because yeah, it's very right. innovative. <laughs> yes, right. But we're not talking about innovations yet. Well, Capcom, I mean. Instead, we're going to talk about the combat system. The combat system. similar to the first game. Yeah. Spells are learned as you level up, although you can also learn some of them through little side quests. Mm -hmm. I like when you can learn spells through side quests. I'm kind of okay with spells being tied to levels as well, but that's because one of the first JRPGs I ever played was Final Fantasy IV. Sure. And that's how they do it. Right. So I'm kind of used to it. Yeah. After you defeat an enemy for the first time, you can then see the enemy's health bar in all future encounters, which kind of is neat. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, my characters have learned how hard these things are to kill. Sure. That's almost all I've got to talk it's about really, in the combat system. It really is the same. Yeah. It really is very much the same. There's a there's a new, uh, what do you call it, like a formation. You can put your party in different formations. Yeah. Oh, you know, one type of person we left out was the plant person. Yeah, the plant person. There's a plant person. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're good. Spa, spar? Spar. Sp something. Spar? Something. Spar? Some name. Some plant person. We agree on three of the four letters. <laughs> True. So, um, I hate to cut it short, but they, they did not reinvent the wheel here. They did not. Which is sad coming from our Grand to Get review. Yeah. Uh, where they really did reinvent the wheel, and damn, did they do a good job of that. But this let's talk about the things they did change or do uh, yeah. that make this game stand out. Absolutely. Innovations. Badly wish this game had a sprint button. Yeah, I see that. My characters are gradually moseying towards the <laughs> apocalypse. I will save the world. Give me 20 minutes to walk over there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It does have a day-night system. Mm -hmm. So if your time actually changes and people change position in towns based on time of day, right. certain people can only be talked to at certain times of day, events change... That's kind of neat. Lots of grinding, though. And a very high encounter very, rate. Very, very high encounter Supposedly, rate. Supposedly, I read the Game Boy Advance remake. Okay. Never played that one. Fixes but. that. Uh, early on, there's a lot of backtracking. Yeah, it's true. Like, there's just constant back and forth. But here's one thing this game did that I love. And I wish more modern games did this. And I... Because it, it did it as well as it could, I think. Mm-hmm. It wasn't perfect. The idea was good. The follow-through was okay. But I, I really would love to see what they could do with this with a modern system and all the free programming available. I mentioned earlier the homeless guy. Yes. He's living in an abandoned house. 
as the game goes on, you have the ability to turn that abandoned house into a refurnished house, and then to build a city around it by recruiting various people from around the world to move into your new town and to bring their new skills in. When you bring in a carpenter, there are three choices. Which carpenter you bring in changes the design of your city. There are two to three choices for each empty house. And who you pick changes what services are available. There's a particular person, if you want to get the ultimate weapon, you better recruit this person. Right. Um, this person will just change the music, I guess. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it runs the gamut. There's only about six houses. So mm -hmm. there's only six total recruits. But I like the idea of that level of customization, the idea of, I've got a home base. Sure. Right. I, I'm a little invested yeah. in this. It reminds me a little bit of Skies of Arcadia. Yes. Where I get to build up my base a little bit, and I like the idea yeah. of recruiting. And I'd love to see it in a modern game where you have even more options to recruit. You could build a bigger city. Right. Uh, a little bit like Ninu Kuni 2. Sure, I'll take your word for that. You haven't played? I have okay. not played Nino Kuni 2, but I'll take your word. The main plot is you're building a kingdom, and scattered throughout the world are people with diverse talents that you can okay. convince to come move into your gotcha. kingdom. Uh, and then you assign them jobs. Like, ooh, he'd probably be a good blacksmith. Anyway. He would be a good blacksmith. Right? Yeah. So, anyway, I, I really like this mechanic. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they did as much as they could with it on a Super Nintendo. I would love to see this mechanic used more because it invests me more in the game when there's a certain element of customization that I can do. I agree. Uh, similar to the first game, some party members have special overworld abilities. Mm -hmm. This one took me a little while to figure out. The Dragon Tear. Oh, right. This serves no use. <laughs> some, when you talk to certain characters there is a dragon tear that will show up alongside their dialogue that is different colors. The color changes as they like or hate you more. Right. There's actually a gradient of if it's black, they hate you. If it's red, they love you. And there's mm -hmm. a whole rainbow in between. This serves no function at all. Right. It took me a while to figure out what it was. Mm -hmm. And I still haven't figured out what purpose <laughs> it serves because it doesn't seem to. It seems like it may have been intended to serve a purpose and then that was scrapped. <laughs> at some point in development. I mean, it's a nice flavoring, I guess. It's like when you're playing the Telltale games and such and such will remember that. Yes. Which also, let's face it, doesn't really mean a whole lot. Not, not usually, no. Because they will be dead in 20 minutes. The other thing that took me a while to figure out, do you remember when anytime you look at the status menu, there's that little creature that bounces up oh, and down? Oh, the bouncing guy, yes. Do you remember what that means? I don't think I know to this day, actually. I figured it out. Okay. So in the status screen, there's just this little green guy. He's just like a little green ball with arms and feet. If he's asleep and he's just little snores are coming off of uh -huh. him, there are no encounters in the area you're in. Oh, okay. If he's active and moving around, then there are random encounters in that area. Okay. It took me so long <laughs> to figure out what that is and it's because that's not something most gamers need right i was gonna say why do you need to go to the status screen and see if there are battles we know in the area if we're in a town there's right. probably not if there is oh my gosh something's wrong in this town sure if we're in a dungeon there are encounters like again i, I give them points for trying something new but how the hell was i supposed <laughs> to know what the little green dude was doing
That took me so long to figure out. But I, I think I had to start Googling it. What does yeah. the little green grind Breath of Fire mean? There are a lot of side quests and yeah. collectibles in this. Uh, recruiting residents, finding shamans for yeah. fusion, because mm -hmm. there are... You can fuse two characters together, and if you fuse the right two characters together, right. they pick up new special skills. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, they just don't work or they enhance. Uh, fishing mini-games, hunting mini-games, learning extra spells, so on and so on and so on. We mentioned Blue from the first yes. game. I love it when JRPGs have optional recruitable characters. Yes. That is, it's just very fun to, for me. Uh, Magus from Chrono Trigger. Mm -hmm. It strikes me as weird that there are people who played through that game and didn't recruit him, but it's an option. I will not comment on that today. Did you not recruit Magus? I was really mad at him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean you're and, not going to discuss it today? When are we going to discuss it? We already and, reviewed Chrono Trigger. And I wanted to see Frog turn into Glenn in the middle of the game and was highly disappointed. But I the, can tell the pain has. The, you've, you've got a lot to process, yeah. and we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, the game does force you to use different characters in different sections of the game. It's not like Final Fantasy IV, uh, where they're the only party members sure. available and it rotates out. But it is like for this section, you have to have the frog guy. Right. He is essential for this part of the plot. And why do we have to have the frog guy? Because Let's just stop for a minute and discuss why we have to have the frog guy. He doesn't even want to be in the party. He doesn't. He doesn't want to be the prince, because no. he's the prince. And when you go to his kingdom for help, there's an imposter prince, and that's the whole point of that plot line. Yeah. Is you have to prove he's the real prince, except he doesn't care. He, yeah. He's fine with it. Needless to say, frog guy, least favorite character. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, God, what was his name? Pierre. He was French, because he's a frog. <laughs> right. What was his name? I, I, think it was I usually Pierre. remember character names. It might Jean Paul. Been. We'll say Jean Paul. There we go. I think it was. I think it was Jean Paul. I think his name okay. is Jean Paul. As a gamer, I I don't like this. I like to just pick my favorites. Yes. And go. Same. But from a story perspective, mm -hmm. I absolutely love this because it means no character is wasted. They all get their moment in the sure. sun. They matter. Even the frog guy mattered for his little bit of the plot. Right. So I'm a little torn on games that force you to use all of your party members. So, can you think of any other innovations from this game you recently played? No, I just, um, I was going to just say about the fusion, I like the fusion system. I like the fusion system in that, where you can combine your characters, and you can get stronger characters, stronger abilities. And they change their and look. And they change their look, and that's what I, because I like a good dress-up game. Um, <laughs> this isn't really dress-up, but it is, you can make uh, Nina turn into a beautiful rainbow princess, and I really, really like that. So I liked I liked the fusion aspect of it. It's it's kind of like they took Karn from the first game, who could combine the characters, which I also liked that, where he could combine certain characters and then they kind of expanded it. Um, and then he went to live on an island for five hundred. Right. <laughs> Good old Karn. <laughs> it was Karn and Bo were the two that are living. Yes, right. Five hundred yeah. years later, they're living yeah. on a small island together. Yeah. Moving they on. care about each other a lot, okay? Yeah. Moving on to music. One of the things I, I noticed about the music in this game, and I don't normally notice anything about the music in this game, 
the world music actually changes as the plot advances. Mm-hmm. Which is a nice touch. Yeah. Dragon Quest does that a lot. Yes. Uh, good effect. Uh, Final Fantasy VI did it mm-hmm. at one point. So, what can you tell me about the composer? So the composer of Breath of Fire 2 is Yuko Takahara. She is a female composer uh, who worked at Capcom and was sometimes just referred to as Poppin'. <laughs> and that might be my favorite fact of the day. <laughs> that her name or, is just or year, probably. Um, <laughs> she also composed for several Mega Man games. Like Which, as we discussed, Mega Man, that yeah. is a mark of quality. Yeah, Mega Man does have great music. and even, I Even after she retired from Capcom, they still brought her back to submit one boss soundtrack for Mega Man 10. Oh, interesting. Um, she oh she composed the SNES Aladdin, the inferior Aladdin, but Whoa. nevertheless. Whoa. Um, did you ever play the Genesis Aladdin? No, I only played the okay. Super Nintendo one. Well, then there you go. Okay. Um, and then some of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure games. I, as an anime fan, weirdly don't know anything about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I may actually know more about it than you, you and I've never watched it. Probably do. I know there's standing or something in JoJo? Something? I don't know. I just struck a JoJo pose for those of you who were listening, which is all of you, because there's no video anymore. Sure. So, so, so this, so Poppin Poppin. did the, did the music composition for this game. Good old Poppin. Good old Poppin. Alright, well that brings us to final thoughts, and I think we'll start, as we always start, with Russ. difficult giving final thoughts about a game about this game when I have just come off of Grandia which is one of my favorites definite A game um, one of my favorites of all time and this is one that I just uh, isn't as good it honestly isn't as good um, I don't think it's bad I do like the diversity of the characters if you play with the English translation hack Um, It can be a really great story as well, but where Grandia, I know I just keep comparing this to Grandia, but where Grandia, I think, um, had a lot of innovations that influenced games that came after it, I feel like Breath of Fire 2 was the exact opposite, and it just sort of copied things from previous games that worked well and some that didn't even work so well. But I didn't hate it, so I think at the end of the day, I give it about a B-. minus. So, for my money... I'm going to go ahead and give it a B, just slightly above, whereas in the last game I was slightly below you. I think it's a big improvement over the first game. Uh, it did include that, that city-building element that I really would have liked to see more of in games. It's got the optional character that I like. All in all, I was pretty happy with it. it, it the story is good. The twists and turns, uh, the pacing still needs work at the end. Uh, so many side quests. Yeah, overall, I'm content with giving it a B. Like I said, this is not going to show up on my list of I'll never touch this again. But, I mean, odds are kind of I will never touch it again. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, you know, if somebody holds a gun to my head and says, hey, play Breath of Fire 2, I'd be like, all right. But other than that, it's going to get lost in the sea of all of the other average RPGs out there. Fair. Yeah. Now, if somebody holds a gun to my head and says, you know, play Arcana, 
<laughs> then play Lunar 2. I will give the eulogy at your that. funeral. Because, <laughs> no, no, not yeah. going to happen. All right, so uh, if they want to play Breath of Fire 2, Russ. Well, you can play it on your Super Nintendo. Uh, you can play it on your Game Boy Advance, and it has lower encounters. Uh, you can play it on pretty much any virtual console that exists, I think. I played it, I believe, the first time on the Wii Virtual Console, which, unfortunately, you can no longer get games for. Um, and I believe it's also on the Switch. I think, I think, and I'm not positive, it's on the, like, Switch online play service. But I'm not 100% positive. I just feel like it's available everywhere. You have, you have a lot of options for that. So, Russ, what are we playing next time? So next time, it's going to be a sad, sad day for me. We're playing one of the games that I told myself I was never going to play ever again because it upset me so much. <sighs> I'm excited already. Just kidding. We're playing Final Fantasy V. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys then. Home on the RNG is a presentation of Mad Centaur Productions. You can find Jeff on youtube.com slash centaurproductions or on Twitter at Jeff Centaur. You can find Russ on Twitter at RussMac25. Thank you for listening, and remember, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this podcast with you.